With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Sheriff Spotlight with the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Highlighting the office and deputies dedicated to providing law enforcement services and maintaining the trust and support of Rockingham County citizens. All while keeping neighborhoods and communities safe. Good morning, I'm Sheriff Sam Page. I'm here with the Sheriff Spotlight for a podcast for April 2022. And I'll tell you what, we're almost here at Easter time. And my special guest today is Jason Ramey, our district attorney. Jason, welcome to the Sheriff Spotlight. I know you've never been on the show before, so I just want you to relax and just enjoy. And uh, we'll have some questions for you. But, you know, I just want people to know kind of what you do. Uh, part of the reason why I do the show is to let people know what we're doing at the sheriff's office, working with the criminal justice system, working out in the community, events going on. But also, I want to let them know that people that are, have a part to play in the criminal justice system, which you do, you have a very big part to play. So, Jason Ramey, our district attorney, I've got some questions. So, are you ready? Yes, thank you for having me. Well, we're glad to have you here. Well, a lot of people ask, you know, what does a district attorney do? Who is a district attorney and what do you do? Uh, how do you get to be a district attorney? Well, the district attorney is the uh, elected official uh, for any district that represents the state of North Carolina uh, in all prosecution, um, any criminal case, traffic matters. Uh, the district attorney is the person that uh, is responsible for uh, taking cases to trial, uh, uh, trying cases, sending cases to the grand jury. Uh, one of the biggest uh, requirements is, is that we advise law enforcement, right? So when law enforcement has questions on criminal cases or criminal issues, we work closely together uh, to make sure that things are done the right way uh, and so that we will be ultimately successful uh, on any case that we bring. Well, you know, now, when you're working as a district attorney, uh, have, and you've been working as a district attorney how many years now? Well, I've been the district attorney uh, for Rockingham County for four years. But you also worked as a, as a prosecutor. And I was an assistant district attorney for about five and a half years before that. And you've worked in Stanley County? Yes. And you've also worked in Rockingham County under a past uh, district attorney. Uh, for, uh, uh, Phil Berger Jr. was a district attorney that you worked under, correct? Yes. Okay. And have you had opportunity to work with a lot of technology? Have you, have you seen the technology come about now helping on cases and stuff? Well, I, uh, I started out in Stanley Anson and Richmond, so a three-county district, uh, but I'm born and raised in Eden in Rockingham County, uh, so this is home. Uh, in 2013, Phil Berger Jr. called me and asked me to come work for him, and I did, and I'm very glad that I came. Uh, as far as technology, yes, uh, cameras? Bo body cameras have gotten so much uh, better, so much more information uh, from uh, uh, the individual cases, uh, the ability to transfer uh, data. discovery yeah. data to uh, defense attorneys has gotten much easier uh, through technology. We can upload videos, uh, send all of the discovery, all of the, and discovery is just uh, uh, 
things that we have in our possession that we're required to turn over to the defense attorneys uh, uh, in order to be fair towards the defendant. And when I first started, we had to copy a lot of that stuff. Uh, There's a lot of manual work. Yes, manual work. That's not the case now. It's just a few click of the buttons for the most part. And when, you, when you're in court now, do you see it more like, and, and I, I added this question here, do you see more that it appears that uh, the jurors and stuff like this have an expectation they want to see the video? Yes. They want to hear recordings. They want to see video. Uh, and right. So the technology does have a big part to play in the courtroom more so than ever. Yes. I mean, a, a video is a, a, a accurate recording of what exactly happened. Uh, rather than our, our memories or recollections, which uh, sometimes um, uh, may be a little bit off, right? Uh, you know, uh, time passes, uh, things become hazier, but a video is a video. Uh, yeah. Audio recording is an audio recording. Most of the time with the sheriff's office and with the uh, local police departments, they record interviews now, and I'm sure when uh, you first started, that probably wasn't possible. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 well, I was going to say, yeah, back in the day, I've I got to tell you something here uh, before I get too far along. Is I've known Jason uh, for a long time. I, I formerly used to be a school resource officer uh, at, at Holmes Middle School, and Jason was one of my students. Right. And uh, But he's come a long ways and stuff. I just said, we're going back in the day. Right. Uh, but, uh, but the thing is, I remember a time when an officer would come into court, place the left hand on the Bible, raise the right hand, and, and swear to tell the truth. And his word word was golden, but now and nowadays people say, "I want to see the video." Yes, you know. So there is a big push for technology. I think uh, most of the agencies in Rockingham County and several across uh, the state are now uh, going toward the uh, video. The biggest thing, though, with with the video documentation, you know, is storage. Right. And so, but we've been able to overcome that, and uh, I'm very appreciative of the county county government here because helping me to get the funding for the technology has also helped us to provide, I think, better information uh, for court proceedings. And hopefully that helps on the prosecutions and telling the, tr telling the story. I would say this, body cameras, video recordings of interview have overwhelmingly helped the state of North Carolina and the law enforcement because they show that that law enforcement officer, uh, what he said was true or what she said was true. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, video recordings of what we are or what we're doing. We don't have to hide from that. Uh, we want people to see what we're doing. It corroborates uh, what it is corroborates. taking place. Yeah, and it also, because these things are turned over to uh, the defendants beforehand, a lot of times it results in a plea mm -hmm. because they know what, what's coming. And uh, uh, so I think that overwhelmingly it's been a good thing for the state of North Carolina. But there are issues with uh, storage. The average case takes more time than it used to because the assistant district attorney, the district attorney, is having to spend so much more time reviewing video footage that we didn't have to do 10 years ago. And, you know, there's lots and lots of, I've had cases where there's 40 disc, you know, that takes a lot of time uh, uh, to review it. So it's got, it, it causes a little bit more work, but it's worth it. But the thing is, but with the documentation that's there, it helps you uh, in your case preparation. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, now you mentioned you mentioned something here is uh, people. Some people might say plea agreements. Uh, modern time, I, I go back to the old days of plea bargain. Right. Um, a lot of people have a misconception of what a plea bargain is and how that works, and it's how it works within the criminal justice system, particularly in consideration for trials versus no trials. Right. Can you explain a little bit in your, in your words what a plea bargain is and how it works and how it comes into play? 
Well, I, I've had people say to me before, uh, you shouldn't plea bargain in any case. And they mean well, and I understand the philosophy behind that, but literally our system would collapse without plea bargains, right? To have a jury trial, you have to summon uh, sometimes 100 jurors, 200 jurors. Cases take a week uh, uh, to try. Some cases longer than that, some are shorter. But there's a lot of effort and time that have to go into a jury trial. Well, in Rockingham County and in Caswell County, which I'm the DA of that as well, there's thousands of felonies uh, and probably tens of thousands of misdemeanors uh, uh, and infractions that are charged every year. And that, uh, and if you tried every one of those cases, literally, you, you may be able to do 50 or 60 per year. Uh, mm -hmm. And a plea bargain doesn't mean that you're just giving the courthouse away, as they would say, right? You you uh, you, you evaluate the evidence. How strong is your case? What's the record of uh, 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 of the defendant? What's the magnitude of what type of charge has been? Uh, 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 issued your witnesses, the, their credibility. There's a lot of things that go into that well, that, that you reason out, and then, then you determine well, the stronger their case, the worse the plea, plea offer. Some in most cases, the weaker the case, maybe the stronger uh, or the better the plea offer for the defendant. But all that stuff goes together, and, and you can make an analysis, and, and then you uh, do that. But if you didn't do it. Uh, there wouldn't be justice well, because cases would, it would be impossible. There'd have to be hundreds of ADAs, thousands of more police officers, thousands of more judges, and it, it, jury trials are not, uh, uh, they're sacred. And uh, going back to ancient Greece all the way up to uh, 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 the Magna Carta, and uh, I believe in jury trials. I believe we have the best system in the world. Only 10% of the world has the right to a jury trial, and we should be very thankful for that. But plea uh, agreements are necessary to keep the cases moving, and, uh, and jury trials are reserved for the ones that are really pleading not guilty, and uh, we let a jury decide their fate, and we've done a lot of those. Okay. So, uh, well, one, one thing I think you mentioned, but I'll go ahead and mention again, is when, when you are considering a plea bargain case with all those factors, another, another component is, is the victims in the case. Yes. Yeah. Right, the victims of the case, uh, uh, what, what are their desires? What are we gonna do to uh, 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 make them whole? And, you know, whether they, sometimes they don't wanna uh, uh, testify, uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, we can avoid that process through a, a plea agreement, but at the end of the day, if a person pleads not guilty and we have the evidence, we're going forward with the trial and we'll let the jury decide their fate. Okay, all right, and I and I appreciate the explanation because a lot of people do not understand that. Um, when uh, there's there's different courts, you've got you've got the uh, district court, you've got the superior court, uh, you've got your your appeals court, you've got yes. your North Carolina Supreme Court and stuff like this. But uh, basically, when you're when you're looking at a district court compared to su superior court, uh, the district court is primarily uh, what type of cases are tried in district court. District Court is a creation of the state of North Carolina, which basically allows misdemeanors and traffic offenses 
to be tried before a district court judge. There's no jury in district court for criminal cases. If the person is found guilty, they have a right to appeal it to superior court for a new trial in front of a jury. Uh, so the right to a jury trial has not been taken away by having district court, but district court clears out most misdemeanor cases, so therefore we can focus on felonies for Superior Court. And in order to get into Superior Court, you have to be indicted by a grand jury uh, that, uh, that, that meets and decides that there's enough evidence to proceed against you to trial. And, um, and Superior Court's a place where you have jury trials and your more serious cases like felonies. Uh, we have a thing called Administrative Traffic Court, and that uh, person who's charged with a traffic offense that's an infraction or a low-level low, low level misdemeanor. They can be heard in the administrative court. Right. There's no judge in there. They just Who handles that case? The, the, the assistant district attorneys or the, uh, or the district attorney. And uh, we can negotiate a plea on these traffic offenses with the individual or their attorney. If they want a trial, then we move it into district court. But uh, administrative traffic court has really uh, expedited the process of uh, keeping, uh, getting cases moved quickly and that district court can be reserved for more uh, serious misdemeanors like driving while impaired, assault on a female, larceny, uh, uh, cases like that. Okay, so uh, but uh, a person if they want if they if they're assigned to go to administrative court on a minor traffic like you said infractions like that, uh, if the person wants to have an attorney, they can obviously hire an attorney Absolutely. if they want to, but they, but they don't necessarily have to have one. No. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't have to have one. Yeah. Some, That's their call. In some of these cases, they're allowed to pay the ticket off even without coming to the court. Mm -hmm. uh, they can go to the clerk's court's office and pay the ticket, or they can pay it online. Uh, so they, they're what we call waivable offenses. Uh, but yes, they're, th these are literally, we're talking about infractions. And technically, an infraction is not a crime. That's right. All right, it's an infraction. Uh, and the only thing that can be done is uh, co court cost and a fine. It's no, it's no, it's no, no jail penalty, penalties for right. For you can't get probation, right? You know, uh, you don't have anything like that. It's just, it's just court cost and a fine. Okay. Um, a lot of times, you know, we we, we communicate on, on a lot of a lot of our ser particular our serious cases. And of course, you said if we have a question uh, on on the criminal law and stuff like this, we can we can go to you and ask you a question. Um, sometimes, well, a lot of times in cases, serious cases where persons have been arrested, you're limited on what you can say. And I know a lot of times the public wants to know, you know, what's right. going on. And, and, and I, as a sheriff, try to be as transparent as I can. You, I know you're always transparent, but you're still restricted. And, and I, then I have restrictions. Can you tell about kind of how you're restricted under the law as a, a, a from the legal profession? Well. I, I, my, my conduct is, is, is governed by statute, but it's also governed by the North Carolina rules of professional conduct that applies to lawyers. And uh, there's rules that specifically apply to prosecutors, but prosecutors are ministers of justice, right? And, uh, and it's our duty not to just uh, seek convictions, but to seek justice. justice. And Justice requires that we protect the rights of defendants. And if I make too many prejudicial comments while a trial or while a case is still pending against a defendant, I could 
poison the jury pool, as they say, where, meaning that the jury... How could that impact? Tell right, me about the, that the, is. Well, the jury uh, pool, which is just a, a collection of citizens... Uh, local? That, that are local, because uh, you're, you're right you have a right to be tried by a jury of your peers in the, that are from the same county where the uh, crime was committed. But if you... Uh, we don't want the, the, the jury to know too much from the prosecutor's standpoint about a case beforehand, uh, and we want them to come in with a fair and open mind, both to the state and to the defendant. But as a minister of justice, I'm not only uh, 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 seeking convictions in appropriate cases, but I, I have to seek justice. And justice requires that every person uh, is treated fairly and is allowed to have a right to a fair trial uh, before an impartial jury. So I, th I know it, it, it... In order it, to maintain that. Right. It aggravates the media, I think, that I, I don't answer questions about pending cases, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that because i got to protect the rights of the defendant and the integrity of the investigation. And I'm in a little bit different boat than you are. Uh, you're not under the same uh, requirements as I am, but you, you may let the... the uh, uh, for transparency's sake, you want to let the... the people know what's going on with law enforcement, what, what bus that y'all do and all that, but I'm under different rules. But I still have to be aware that, you know, some things I say could also, dealing with jurors, mm -hmm. could affect that also. And, and, and it, it, that could cost uh, days and time and, and a lot of work, uh, you know, if, we, or if we're prejudicial toward a defendant, something like that. Right. Because the key thing you said, fair trial. I want a fair trial, impartial yes, trial, because yeah. if they don't get a fair trial, I'm going to have to do the case again, or somebody else is going to have to do the case again. I want the trial to be free of error. I want the uh, I, I want the assistant district attorneys uh, to follow the rules of evidence, the rules of criminal procedure, to make sure that we don't enter in evidence that shouldn't be allowed in, uh, because the Court of Appeals or the North Carolina Supreme Court may turn around and make us. Uh, uh, overturn the results and then we have to try the case again and that's mm -hmm. very bad for everybody involved it's bad for the victims because then they have to relive uh, the uh, you know trial again and, and, and go through it again it's bad for law enforcement and it's mm -hmm. bad for us and it's not efficient and uh, I want to do everything I can to make sure that we have we put forward the best cleanest trials so that when someone's convicted that that conviction stands and, and, and I want to make sure that people who are not, uh, uh, that, that uh, innocent people do not get convicted. And uh, uh, that's a, a big duty of the district attorney, and I take that very seriously. Same, same way here. Well, we want the persons that are responsible, that have done yeah. the crime, uh, to uh, want you to move forward, and at the appropriate time, well, we, we want to see conviction, and persons serve the time, and we want to see justice. Amen. Fair, fair justice. Um, and I'll say this. Uh, I think people need to understand. I represent the state of North Carolina. That's exactly okay? right. Okay. A, a crime is committed against the state, right? And uh, uh, we as a society say this behavior is unacceptable, and we cannot tolerate it. And uh, I have an awesome power, but also responsibility representing the state of North Carolina, and I have to do what's the best interest of the state of North Carolina, which is the people, because uh, the state is nothing more than the people that live in North Carolina in my district, and uh, uh, sometimes that means that uh, some individuals involved are not going to be uh, happy with the results or with my decisions, but ultimately I represent the state, and uh, it's my duty to do that to the best of my ability. Okay. And great explanation here. Now, Marcy's Law? 
talks right. about victims' rights. Yes. Uh, it came into effect in uh, November of 2018, and yeah. basically it was an enhancement of right. victims' rights. Right. Marcy's Law started, I think, in California, but it's kind of spread across the uh, uh, United States, and it just encapsulates uh, uh, certain rights for victims, and uh, in a lot of cases that we uh, notify them of uh, hearings that they want to be at, talk about what the plea offers are going to be or any deals with them beforehand, let them be, uh, there, be there to, to speak uh, to the judge uh, and give them the, the chance to do that. But thankfully, North Carolina already had basically had a lot of those uh, rights encapsulated by statute for victim rights. Uh, and uh, so it's really not been uh, too onerous. I mean, it's increased the level of uh, uh, paperwork that my office has to do, but it's been uh, 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 it's a good thing for uh, victims of but, crime. But we're both bound by Marcy's Law to make sure that we do certain things. Yes. Uh, dealing with victims' rights. And, and we always, you know, I always say it, I put the victims first. Uh, absolutely. All right. Now, a ju uh, here's another thing. Um, juven uh, juvenile court, uh, they raised the age December 1st, 2019. Uh, juvenile age was raised to eight uh, fr from up in, when you turn 18, you're considered an adult now. Right. Uh, similar as federal law before when you turn 16. Uh, you know, uh, difference between juvenile court and adult district court, for example? Juvenile court is designed to restore uh, juveniles uh, and help them to be productive adults. It's not just to punish them. Uh, 16 and 17 year olds or before, when I first started, were considered adults for criminal purposes. So their cases would go straight into uh, district court if they committed a crime or superior court. Now they go through juvenile court, which the benefit of juvenile court is, is that uh, what happens in juvenile court is uh, 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 not open to the public. So right? it's protected information. Their criminal record and things like that. But when somebody commits a serious felony, we have a process where even though it, it, they're a juvenile, I can still have it transferred to adult court. I just gotta go through this process whereby uh, uh, I bring it before a judge uh, and it gets transferred to superior court. But the theory behind it is, is that juveniles' brains are not completely uh, developed even until they're in, uh, even in their early 20s. 20s and sometimes right. they make some uh, bad decisions uh, that, uh, uh, we don't necessarily want to have hanging over them for the rest of their lives or minor crimes. And too many times we see people that right. make mistakes when they're young mm -hmm. and it affects them in their adult life. That's why when we go to schools and talk to the kids, we tell them, you've got to pay attention to what you're doing. You've got to try to make good decisions because some things you do, some acts you do, right. can follow you. Right, and in juvenile court, they're given a court counselor, which is like a, uh, a version of a probation officer. Uh, and a lot, they, they're given access to so many programs that will help uh, reduce the likelihood of recidivism or that they'll commit a crime again. And like I said, we, we've transferred several of them to adult court. I don't want people thinking that, uh, that anything that you do as a juvenile, you're not gonna be held accountable for. Uh, you commit a serious crime, you're gonna be transferred to adult Juveniles court. Juveniles can be, and, 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 and you know, get a free walk, you can be held accountable. Right. Well, 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 I got to, I got to jump. I got to jump here. All right. Recovery court. I know. I just, just briefly. Recovery court and addiction. Okay. Uh, when I first started as a uh, assistant district attorney, you barely saw any cases for possession of heroin. 
didn't even know what fentanyl was back then. Mm -hmm. Over the last few years, the number of overdoses, the number of uh, 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 people being charged with possession of meth and heroin has exploded. And uh, recovery court well, it's just basically. A, it's basically a, a specialized court for drug treatment and mental health uh, treatment that uh, I, I, one of our district court judges, uh, Judge Christine Strader, she's kind of the, the lead uh, on We're going to try to talk to her next yes, month. Yes, but uh, we, we're coming together and we're going to try to let certain people that well, go through this very onerous uh, 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 process whereby if they complete drug treatment court, which will require that they have to take drug tests all the time, uh, uh, be monitored by a probation officer, um, uh, get a job, complete treatment, a lot of things, we're trying to address the root cause because if not, they just cycle in and out. And, and you can't put people who get charged with possession of heroin in prison forever. And you can't, and you can't arrest your way out of addiction. And you can't arrest your way out of addiction. So we were able to get private funding uh, uh, through the KB Reynolds uh, Foundation KB to, be, to, to uh, and get a lot of stakeholders together. We're trying to hire someone who will be the coordinator of that and get it off the uh, get it off and running. We were close a couple years ago, and then when COVID hit, it shut everything down, and we almost had to start over. Mm -hmm. But it's basically it's going to help. It's, uh, we're trying to get some people out of this so that we don't have to keep seeing them over and over in the court system that that need a second chance and that are uh, uh, likely to succeed. Okay, now as a district attorney, you just don't sit in the courtroom, you just don't, you're not in your office all the time, you also participate in other uh, organizations. Uh, JCPC, Juvenile Crime Prevention Council, yes. that's one organization that uh, you, you actually chair. Yes. Um, any any uh, elaboration on that? Well, it, it, the Juvenile Crime Prevention Council is just a partnership. A, a, a partnership between a lot of stakeholders, including the, the sheriff, police chiefs, uh, youth services, uh, and other uh, entities in the community that try to provide uh, counseling uh, resources for troubled uh, juveniles and youth to, to, to get them on the right path to, so that uh, we don't have to worry about them when they become adults. Real quick, Family Justice Center and its importance. Okay, uh, uh, we are very blessed in Rockingham County to have the new Family Justice Center. I'm also on the board of, uh, 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 well, we call it Help Incorporated, but it helps victims of uh, domestic violence, uh, children uh, of, uh, uh, you know, ab victim. abuse uh, uh, physically and yeah. sexually. Uh, and we have this brand new state-of-the-art facility that uh, uh, it's going to really help us uh, with getting people help. A one-stop shop where right. all these uh, collaboration, we can all come together and help these victims. Uh, square one, one place. Right, it, it, uh, 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 would they have also a, uh, a shelter for battered uh, spouses? Our executive director is, is uh, Angie Bowles. Angie Bowles. Been there for several years. She'll probably be a good podcast uh, guest one day. She's coming up. Oh, is she? Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but they do a lot to help victims get domestic violence protective orders work with us. We use their Child Advocacy Center. They have experts that, that know For, how to inter, inter, forensic uh, interviewers. Forensic interviewers that know how to interview children. You can't just interview a child the same way that you interview, uh, interview adults, especially when it comes to very sensitive subjects. And they have been invaluable in securing justice against a lot of sexual predators and violent uh, uh, people. And 
I'm very thankful for them. And working with the Family Justice Center, it also helps you as a, as a district attorney in the prosecution, it helps you to get the information you need for successful prosecution of these type cases. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I want to say this is first of all, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you as our district, district attorney, Jason Ramey. You do a great job. You've got a great staff. Uh, where we got high hopes we're going to do some continue to do some good things. We're looking at all our other technologies that are coming online. But again, we just want to tell you we appreciate you being here today. Um, uh, again, Rockingham County is blessed to have you here. Uh, appreciate you, I want to say thank you. Thank you, my friend. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Sheriff Spotlight for April 2022. Appreciate everybody watching. Uh, if you have any questions or anything that, uh, from, the, from this uh, interview today, feel free to give me a call. And again, we appreciate you watching. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you in May. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.